What I liked about stop motion was that um, it can be like in any medium or any material or like you can build things in ways that you feel comfortable with that design. And, and so like the things that were kind of holding me back from expressing through stop motion, I felt like I could break those like boundaries and barriers a bit. Um, and so I think that's where I kind of got my voice um, within the medium. And I always approach stop motion, even like when I'm teaching now and everything, I always kind of encourage people to like think outside the box. So like when you think of, you know, animation, you instantly think of like, you know, the cell like animation, like hand drawn or clay um, or kind of like really like intricate puppets, which is all like amazing. But there's also like if you if you think beyond that and you think like, well, no, I'm just moving an object one photo at a time. So like that can be anything. Today on the show, we are joined with the ever so talented visual artist, stop motion animator and lovely person, Crystal Buemi. You can see Crystal's work in an awesome new show on AMC and AMC Plus titled Ultra City Smiths hilarious and intriguing stop-motion animation series it's brought to you from the creators of robot chicken which she worked with and it's cool to hear crystal's story around making this you'll hear why it's a big deal and almost somewhat cosmic how she got connected with them but it's a cool story that hard work pays off and if you want to check out ultra city smiths I totally recommend it. It was just so fun and captivating and it's got an all-star cast. It's narrated by the legend Tom Waits and what more can you want? And if you got an Amazon Prime account, you can get the AMC app for seven days, which gives you more than enough time to watch all these episodes. That's what I did. Um, none of these are sponsors. That's just a hack from me to you <laughs> to watch some awesome shit. But I'm so excited to share this awesome conversation with you today. You know we've interviewed so many people with different art forms, but this is a first of the in-depth look of what goes into stop motion animation. And wow, it's I already knew it was hard, but this is gonna give you another respect. And Crystal is just a nice, awesome, and inspiring presence. I can keep talking about the episode, but why don't you listen to it right now? It's, it's great to reconnect with you, too. It's like, uh, I've known you since high school, and even, like, just seeing, like, you on social media the past, like, handful of years, just seeing your work and stuff. I'm a big fan of all your stop motion and visual arts, and it's mm -hmm. even cool, uh, recently, like, you've been involved in this series on AMC, Ultra City Smiths. And there's so much of a gap of your story that I don't know of how you started the, the whole stop motion thing. And I just kind of want to hear like the beginning seeds of how that sure. happened. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think even like through high school, like I was, I always knew that I was going to be doing like a a creative job for sure. Um, but I don't know if you remember. So when I was in high school, I actually thought that I wanted to get into like TV and I oh, wanted cool. to be like a red carpet, like journalist. Like I wanted to go to the Grammys and like interview everyone. <laughs> and so like I started doing like local um, TV. Oh, so awesome. I yeah, I don't, I don't remember yeah. that. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, so like through like Kojiko, I used to go to like Niagara on the Lake and like all these like little events and, and I really liked it. And so I went to Ryerson uh, University basically for that. 
Um, but in my first year, <laughs> they kind of make you take all these different streams before you really like finalize what you're going to go into. And so one of the classes um, was digital media. And so, you know, I was instantly learning kind of like computer graphics, but uh, obviously this was many years ago. So it was, we were using flash and things are maybe like a bit more complicated than they have to be these days. But at that point I was like, I actually was terrified. Like I was like, I couldn't really figure it out. I wasn't really getting it. But then when I took my studio class, I also realized like being in front of the camera, like you don't really have the same control as like a director or something like that. So I had a bit of like a, oh God, like what do I want to do moment? Mm -hmm. And for some reason in my gut, I said, I feel like the future is more the digital media aspect. Like you know graphics and design work and websites and anything yeah, you were like seeing the the shift of everything exactly yeah so I took that as like a bit of a sign that I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna not be afraid of this and I'm just gonna like dive right into it and I'm really glad I did <laughs> because <Wow. laughs> yeah we had this workshop basically with uh, this person from the National Film Board of Canada and she came in and showed us all of this stuff that was like this world that I hadn't even imagined. But it was, she was showing us stuff from like Norman McLaren, which is like kind of one of the grandfathers of stop motion animation here in Canada, because he came and like did all this research and kind of like really new ways of kind of creating um, and showing experimental work and kind of creating, you know, um, footage without actually like using a camera. So using like film stock and all this stuff. And, and I was just hooked. Like I, I was just like obsessed with this idea that the idea of frame by frame animation is basically as long as you can hold an object in place while you take the photo, you can bring like anything to life. <laughs> yeah. And that power was like, shocking to me like I was just like I had not seen the world in this way until this moment so that was I think that was kind of it that 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 click um was really fascinating to me yeah that's so cool there's so much power in like something sometimes you start something new and just trying something like you never know that could like like in your case change your life like the whole direction and, yeah. and it's like such an awesome path and even like uh on my end too like uh I have like a similar story where I I signed up for an advertising course in college I didn't really know what I wanted to do but I'm like oh I can kind of be creative and I thought I could make money and then one one day it just I picked up a a camera for a project and then that snowballed into me like just not giving a shit about anything advertising and getting into video <laughs> and it led like to this big adventure of me moving to Toronto too and from mm. hearing your side of the story too like I could see how you had like a similar shift of just learning the stop motion and yeah, yeah. that's like that's that's so beautiful that's awesome yeah. yeah thank you yeah I was I'm really happy that I kind of fell into it organically too like it wasn't mm. you know it wasn't something that was pushed on me I kind of was afraid of it but then you know, I embraced it and then it opened this whole new world. So I feel like that's like a big thing for someone that's like maybe a creator and sometimes finding your special, you know, place within the industry. Like sometimes like force, if it's being forced, like it's not going to come naturally and that's not something that you're going to stick with. So like maybe allow yourself to have this like organic path into finding, you know, is this for me and and if there's longevity and like you know how do I kind of fit within this industry yeah definitely and 
it's it's so awesome when you can find something that you generally like just find is fun even though it's like work it's like kind of like work and play and everything yeah yeah Yeah. also like around this too or even prior um did you used to like draw a lot or whatever because you seem to have like um, a very good eye for things and just pictures in general yeah um I didn't actually so like I actually am the worst at drawing and like my fine art skills are like just not they're not great and so like even though but I was always like creative in the sense like I did dance and movement and like like I I acted and you know like I still did other forms of it I I like played music so but I always found like those were things I would do for fun but they weren't like my my thing and then I, I was always a bit sad because I felt like I wasn't a drawer or a painter you know like I, I didn't connect with that and so what I liked about stop motion was that um it can be like in any medium or any material or like you can build things in ways that you feel comfortable with that design and and so like the things that were kind of holding me back from expressing through stop motion I felt like I could break those like boundaries and barriers a bit um, and so I think that's where I kind of got my voice um, within the medium. And I always approach stop motion, even like when I'm teaching now and everything, I always kind of encourage people to like think outside the box. So like when you think of, you know, animation, you instantly think of like, you know, cell like animation, like hand drawn or clay um, or kind of like really like intricate puppets, which is all like amazing. But there's also like, if you if you think beyond that and you think like, well, no, I'm just moving an object one photo at a time. So like, that can be anything. Mm-hmm. And you really start to get into like very interesting um, and unique looks and approaches to the art form. So I think it was that, that like, I always had stories to tell, um, but because, you know, the fine arts kind of impeded me a bit, like I, I wasn't able to like visually show them yet in those ways. And so that's why I stuck with like video and, and things that I could work with that. But then this kind of little side way of getting into stop motion really helped me be like, well, I can embrace that about myself and then maybe approach it differently. Yeah. That's amazing too. And yeah, as you talk about it too, it's great how you break it down. There's almost like no limits to your imagination, like taking shapes. And I think I saw you do something with furniture before and, and maybe even like, it looked like sand in another one. And it's, it's wild, like how you can do things and even put together things that people haven't even seen before uh, when it comes to animation. Like there's limitations if you wanted to get into film and just filming like people and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah it's just whatever like whatever your mind can think of you can put together and yeah, yeah. You, you're probably like the most insanely patient person <laughs> as well to do something like you mentioned flash I played around with flash too and I had fun with it but I just remember it taking so much time like frame by frame by frame by frame and where do you think your inner patience come from to be a pro at stop motion animation wow that that's like an interesting question like where your patience comes from um I think it's like over over time of of like like having these other practices before like piano and uh and dance and like I I I even did like cheerleading throughout high school and like all of these um kind of extracurriculars I think like not only help me express but then also like you know when you're you play piano like you have to practice and like you know you have to kind of build on your theory of music and the same with dance like you you go to classes and you learn and you practice and you build on that so I think like that was probably the root um 
and I think also like you have to be um, very like detail orientated. Like I, I think it's like a very fine balance between like there's patience, but then there's also like working smart and, and like being hyper-focused so that you're not missing like any of these details. So I think it was that, like I am, you know, master of control. Like I like to be mm-hmm. in control of my life, of situations, which, you know, sometimes can be a fault, but in stop motion, it's a huge, it's a huge pro because, you know, I like, they're not actors. Like they're, they're all, it's objects or puppets or whatever. It's like, they're not going to move unless you move Yeah, them. You're the master of this universe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, I always like think about uh, how like some, like, it's, it's great that you had like all these practices go like prior to jumping into stop motion as well. Cause I feel like sometimes um, I meet people and they try something new and right away, if they're not good at it, they get very discouraged where I can't even imagine how much trial and error there is within like stop motion animation too. And like, yeah. it's just like the more you do anything, the better and better you get at it too. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that was definitely something like I learned on the show, like one thing about stop motion, especially when you're creating stuff for other people. So like, it's not necessarily like your vision um, is this idea of kind of like not being frustrated if you have to do it again, or like learning to let go of like the ownership of it a bit so that, you know, for example, like I would spend six hours to animate, you know, a five second uh, clip in the show. And then the director would come and say like, oh, like I don't really like the ending or this one point like isn't really selling. And so like either you'd have to do it again or you have to delete, you know, those like 400 frames and go back to like where you meant to be. And so yeah. at first you're like, are you, are you serious? Like I just spent, you it's know, like, damn. On this. but again, like the, the point of my job at that point is like to create this look for someone else and so like the style had to be very specific so it was like consistent amongst many animators and he had the look and that you know and so you learn very quickly like you know I might have to do this again several times or I might need to go back or look at it differently so you start to kind of let go of that a bit and just I think with that you can embrace the process a lot better <laughs> yeah that's that's really cool to hear yeah. also uh was there a time on your journey to where you were like the student and then you had that shift where you got the confidence of, Hey, I can work for television. Now I can put myself in galleries. You remember like ever having an epiphany where it's just like, I'm a pro now I can teach and all this I'm stuff. ready now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was after my master's to be honest. So I had, had like a really interesting journey. So I like embraced that motion in university to the max, you know, my final film was in some motion, all this stuff. But then as soon as I graduated, like I, I found it very hard to, to find work in stop motion um, because mostly because I just did not have like the, the skill level. Like there were people that were specifically going to school for animation and I was just kind of learning it this backwards way. Um, so then I kind of fell back a bit on my like multimedia skills and, you know, I worked in TV for a while and did like on-air graphics um, and I, you know, I, I kind of did music videos on the side and like, I did a whole bunch of other oh, stuff yeah. to just start building some form of network <laughs> because also yeah. like, it is a bit about like who, you know, and all that. Um, and actually at the, at the one job, I got this like full-time job with benefits working, uh, you know, within Bell Media, like, you know, this huge opportunity when I was quite young and I actually ended up getting like injured from a repetitive strain injury on the oh, job gosh. because I was just working 12 hour days 
just me doing an entire like channel's worth of graphics. Like it was crazy. And so, oh man, I is that like a carpal tunnel type thing going yeah, on? Yeah, like that. It's like a like a tendonitis type of thing where. Oh shit. You know, it, it was like, I, I just didn't even see that coming. And I was, I think I was like 23. So like quite young, yeah. just kind of starting out my career. And so that whole experience just totally made me question, like, what are you doing right now? Like, are you even happy at, at this type of work? You know, if you're going to kill yourself, it might as well be for something you're passionate about. And, and I think it just really gave me the opportunity to kind of refocus. And so I was so miserable for about a year going through all this. Um, I had done an artist residency, like right when I got out of university a few years prior in Barcelona and I fell in love with the city. It like reignited my creativity. And so in my heart, I kind of felt like maybe it's time I go back. And so after doing some research, there was a master's in animation um, in Barcelona. And I was like, this, this is it. Like this, this is, I have to do this. So I, I applied, I got in. And then I did a very like, it was like a year and a half, like very intensive program. Um, and then I created kind of like my thesis film. And it was that process of creating that film with all the knowledge and everything I had just gained that I think when I came back to Toronto, I felt like ready to kind of like do stop motion and like, you know, whether it's teaching it or doing it or whatever it is, like I was like ready to kind of take that next step. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, mm. it's unfortunate, like you had to like, almost <laughs> get injured to step yeah. back. But sometimes uh, there's there's a lot of power in reflection and like, just slowing it down a bit and just thinking about the whole picture and what you really love. And even sometimes just shifting your life. And I find yeah. like, even over COVID, I'm talking to like a lot of my friends and stuff who were in a work situation where they didn't even realize it was unhealthy until everything got cut off and then they were just sitting at home it's like oh my god like that was so toxic and I didn't know or just like weighing down on their body and yeah it's just like it's refreshing okay. in almost <laughs> the worst way like where you had to to, to injure yourself but uh, in the wow. end it kind of turned into this beautiful blessing too and, totally uh, yeah yeah we mentioned the show too a couple times and uh right now people <laughs> in Canada they can watch it on on prime video i watched uh three episodes on amc there there's there's only three out right uh actually no it's it's uh so yesterday was the final episode so the last three are out now oh okay okay yeah, so yeah. is there six of them in the series there's six in total yes ah all right i would have kept binging if it like my media player only had the three there but uh i was really enjoying it and it's uh very my style of humor yeah. just kind of like clever but uh also a little edgy as well and yeah. i want to know how, yeah, how you got into this project or uh yeah. how you got assigned to be on the team sure yeah so um there hasn't been uh like a stop motion studio based in toronto um to this size uh in many years now there used to be one it was one of the largest in north america it was called cup of coffee um and they did some awesome you know stuff i, I don't know if you remember the like old got milk um, interstitials that were like 10 seconds and they were really, really wild and it always ended with like, were they like super like psychedelic too. Like, yeah, super yeah, trippy was, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like they did stuff like that. And, um, but then they shut down. So there was like this gap, like there was like 
you know, tiny little, maybe one or two person kind of studios or like large studios that do like one stop motion project a year. But it was like basically like not really existent. So that's where I really got into like teaching because teaching helped me at least, you know, remain kind of in the world of it and hopefully spread the love of the animation out so that we can keep building this, this industry. And so, um, uh, so it's kind of like a, a little bit of like a weave here, but through, so there's a community in Toronto um, called TACE or the Toronto Animated Image Society. So like, that's like the first thing I wanna like give a shout out. Like if you're interested in animation, any form, whether it's stop motion 2D, you know, uh, frame by frame, hand-drawn, it's this really unique community that like kind of, you know, has studio space, you can rent equipment, they do workshops. Um, but through meeting, like I did like a kind of my first commercial shoot right when I got back from my master's and I met someone from TASE and he was like, you should really, you know, sign up and, and connect with the community because we're not that big. So and I was like, totally. And so through there, I met um, the president of the board of TASE. His name is Evan. Um, and he's kind of like a, he's worked on on tons of stop motion stuff like he's you know he's a bit of like the go the godfather i'll say of the like kind of toronto stop motion community um and uh, and he's he's been awesome uh but we've never had an opportunity to like work together it's always just been like you know at events or workshops at taste and uh and so there is this studio in la called stupid buddies um and they do things like robot chicken and crossing oh, cool. swords and things like that it's run by like seth green um, he's one of the executive producers of the, of the company. So this really awesome company. And, uh, and I was at the time, this was right before COVID basically. At the time I was considering moving to LA um, and like applying for work uh, at Super Buddies in LA. And a fellow animator, uh, like a friend of mine, she actually had just gotten a job there for a show that is now out the, about the the, the Modoc um, animation series. I don't know if you've seen it. I think um, I heard that name. Um, yeah, is it like yeah, Netflix or something or. Uh, yeah, no, it's Thank on you. um on Disney uh Disney, Disney Plus. Plus? Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Like if you're into kind of like Marvel and stuff like that, that's a really good one. But she was going to work on this, and she was like, "Hey, because I have dual citizenship," so she was like, "It'll be so easy for you to do this process." I was like, "I'm gonna go. I'll tell you all about it, and then maybe like you know you can like move out there." I was like, "Amazing." And then like a month later, uh, COVID hit. <laughs> so my friends did have actually ended up coming back, but so ironic how things work out. So let's go back to like Evan. So basically maybe like four months after this, it was like around September, um, you know, we're in the middle of COVID not knowing like what is going on. And he sends me this email being like, are you interested kind of in taking on this journey? And I was like, what is this? And he says, there is a studio opening up, like a large American-based studio opening up in Toronto. We didn't say the name yet. Um, and we're going to be launching with like a, a TV series and we're looking for animators. And so basically they were running like a little animation boot camp for people that like, you know, like had a maybe done TV or like, like just to really understand what the process was going to be like before signing on. Because um, as you're saying, it's not really for the faint of heart. It's definitely yeah. people that are passionate, interested in submission. Um, and so I said, like, of course. And so I, I signed up and, you know, I learned so much about myself and about, you know, I hadn't done animation like that since my master's. So it was like eight hour days of just, just animating and getting really technical and understanding the process. And, um, and then I find out in this training that the company is in fact, Stupid Buddies, 
the one I was planning on going to LA oh, for a few wow. months before. They're the ones that have opened uh, Buddy's TO, which is just like a headquarters here in Toronto. And, you know, th this is a studio and he was actually going to be like one of the main um, kind of animation supervisors and running the studio. So it all kind of came full circle. That's um, wild. That's yeah, like fate that's in a way, you know, like I know. to you and you can go to them and wow. <laughs> totally totally so i was like okay i have to i have to do this definitely yeah that's a, that's a sign if i've ever saw one <laughs> yeah and the show is like from from the episodes i saw it was just incredible and like the cast is insane like high profile and like very random too even like the narrators like tom waits who's somebody <laughs> i just adore and i'm yeah. like oh my god like that's like kind of out of nowhere because i'm not used to seeing him like in movies and stuff like that it's usually totally. just his music and yeah. Yeah. yeah while you were working on everything did you know who the cast was going to be or um we had an idea of like the main kind of core um voice actors but like think like I mean you know production life is like you like you know people there's an announcement but you just found out like five hours before like everything is kind of very last minute at the seat of your pants and like you know waiting for deals to come through so like we were also learning you know maybe a bit more ahead of um the general public but we were also kind of learning as we were animating um but there were some actors and actresses that like signed on like right off the gate so when we were animating like like Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard were one of the, the first that started and so when I was animating like their voiceovers were already them and so like you know that can help you kind of um, influence like the movement of the puppet and stuff like that so yeah so so we had like an idea and, and definitely it was like really exciting um, hearing like you know how big some of these um, actors that I had signed on for. Yeah that's that's so cool and uh, <laughs> yeah. even like it seems like it it's just like it seems like so technical in a way like some of the sh the shots in the show like from the lighting to even the movements like there's dance routines and <laughs> that's so crazy like uh mm. how long would you think or would you estimate uh, one of these episodes would take <laughs> yeah um i mean <laughs> like the first episode took like i think like from start to like finished these are like 22 minute kind of roughly episodes maybe three months but that was only because and and then like like in stop motion um especially because i mean this company was just kind of like setting roots here the crew was kind of new to working on stop motion everyone together so there was like a lot of things being ironed out like it wasn't like an established studio you know like pumping out these shows um so it was like that we had to deal with. we had to do with like covid and all of those protocols and oh, things yeah. like that you know, like, like we had to wear like only only the animators could touch the puppets without gloves, for example. So like, just all of these things definitely like add to, to t uh, production time. Um, but it was also just like learning how the puppets work. And so they had like a few kind of senior animators start in like January or something like that, just playing around with them, like seeing like what the capacity of the puppets could be because the LA studio sent like blueprints, but this director and this writer, like Steve Conrad, um, had like they have very specific visions. And I think what makes Ultra Seasons so special is that it's very cinematic. Like it, it looks like it's a film. And actually, I was talking to some of the animators a few days ago. We were saying, like, I actually recommend if you have the time, like, you know, like maybe like smoke a little weed and watch all yeah. six episodes and like watch it more like a movie because I I feel like 
it plays like that. Like the, the look of it, the amount of work that went into like the, the, the kind of quality and the bar that we set for just the look and feel of it, I think is like surpasses a lot of like other TV shows. And so I think that is also what makes it like so special and unique, but then obviously <laughs> it took a lot of time to work through. So maybe the first episode took like three months in total, but then you start to kind of like get more animators on, mm. on crew. So they started with like four or five and we finished with like 22 animators. So you start to kind of, you know, like get more animators in, you have a bit of like a style in your mind of how to follow yeah. it. And everybody kind of gets in their groove of how to work with each other as well too. And totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's cool to hear. Like uh, I'm over a hundred episodes or 150 episodes in with this podcast. And we talk about like different art forms and stuff, but I've never like, I think this is a first of hearing all the behind the scenes layers of uh, high budget stop motion animation <laughs> production so yeah this is really cool to hear you break it down and even a, a long time ago I heard a interview with uh Trey Parker and Matt Stone who did Team America World Police mm -hmm. and that was a theater blockbuster and people kept asking him oh are you gonna make a sequel ever and they're just like fuck no it's, it's way too much work going into that and, and everything just like never again just totally. working with puppets and stuff so yeah it takes like a certain yeah. again they're like hard they're like no yeah yeah it's just like yeah. ptsd from that <laughs> yeah totally totally i think that's why also it's it's so unique though because like very few companies end up taking a project on like this because of all that it's super time consuming. It's its own kind of niche. And so like, even just like the production flow is different. So it's, you know, it's, it's not again for the faint of heart, even on the level of production. Side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely like, uh, from what I've seen, it's a piece you guys should be very proud of. It's, it's so well done. And even whoever like wrote it too, it's, it's hilarious. And like you mentioned, uh, you, you said like the whole thing kind of flows like a, a movie. And like, I felt that way with the the first three episodes I watched, um, it, I just burned through them and I'm like, where's the next one? And it wasn't there. And I was like, damn, but I think I'm going to do, do what you said, go back yeah. from the beginning and just let it, let it rock and everything. Totally. Yeah. So the, the writer is actually, his name is Steve Conrad. Um, he wrote, I don't know if you know, the Patriot. Oh yeah. Yeah. No um, way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and he's done a bunch of other stuff. If you look him up, it's pretty established. So definitely like, yeah, like the writing is awesome. Um, and, uh, it, it reminds me of when we were first talking about the style of the show. Do you know the, remember the blues brothers? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like that where it's kind of like a bit dark and like detective and grimy, but there was like these random musical numbers and like, it has this like light that is, and yeah. So I, I feel yeah, like that. So true. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost like you get like, uh, caught in like the story of the the murder mystery as well like yeah. like there's like one part of my brain's like taking it like all serious like oh who who did it and then there's just like wild jokes all around it and so many like very interesting characters and I want to yeah, ask you do you have do you have a favorite character on the show yeah um so I, I'll answer that in two ways so the first is I have a favorite character that I liked animating oh okay um, cool it's like <laughs> it was like one of my favorites uh, character so actually it was a couple it's um uh it was rodrigo and christina rodrigo is luis guzman and he's like this like gangster um character and his like uh pregnant kind of mafioso type of like partner 
Um, and I animated them together on the subway with this like kind of longer scene. And so their dynamic together was like really fun to kind of add these like, you know, they're like hard characters, but to add these like moments of softness and, and human, you know, to them was really fun. Um, but I think the best character of the show is definitely the street hustler boy. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's so he's funny. He's just so <laughs> pathetic and sad and you connect with him on this human level, but he's so funny and ridiculous. Um, and just his antics are at the show, I think are really, really great. Yeah, and he's like renting pants for yes, an hour. So, yeah. Your pants. yeah, I know, it's, it's, really, it's really good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked him and uh, the Andre the Giant Lady because like I'm an yeah, old school. Lady Andrea, yeah, Andrea, yeah. Yeah, that was really a cool spin on that too. And <laughs> even like on the show too, I've had like a, a bunch of pro wrestlers on as well too. And they have like almost like similar paths where like some some years they'll be on top of the world. And next thing you know, because of how their storyline is written or whatever, they get pushed to the side right. and then you gotta hustle where she's like doing fight clubs which and stuff like that but yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah <laughs> yeah it's so cool and uh yeah how, how does it feel to like see something of that you made uh produced by or like on the amc network and everything um, yeah. do you ever step back and like think of the whole picture like this is fucking awesome Totally. Yeah. I mean, I have to be like transparent, like the actual experience was definitely a roller coaster ride because mm -hmm. it was actually my first um, stop motion puppet TV series. Like I had done a lot of commercial work and stuff like that before and like personal projects, but it was all this kind of like object based or experimental based or rotoscoping or all these other techniques. And so like to, to work with a puppet I would say is probably the most challenging kind of caliber of stop motion animation because you're trying to, I mean, in all, you know, in all intents and purposes, it's still a puppet, it's still not real, but you are trying to kind of breathe this like realistic life into it. Like if you're doing a walk cycle, it kind of has to look like a walk. And if you know, if they're shrugging their shoulder, like even though it's like there's characters and they can have quirks, like it's still based off of like human movements. And so doing that I think is like the hardest you know I mean I think any form of art when you're recreating something from real life I find to be the hardest because people know what it's supposed to be and so if, if it doesn't sell then it's it's not going to work so uh, I really had to kind of like it was you know uh, the I had the boot camp which I learned a lot but it was like not until like I got to set and was working these kind of 10-hour days for many months in this grind of understanding like it's intimidating because it's basically this room, this large, huge room, and there's a bunch of curtains and the curtains are all like kind of creating many, many stages. And so it goes from like, you know, the art department and the puppet builders and like this huge team, then they kind of bring it downstairs, they, they set it all up and it goes to lighting and camera and the DOP and the director looks at it. And then it goes to you <laughs> and it's just like yeah. one animator you know, it's like all these teams and everything. And then you're just like, they close the curtain behind you. And it's you're like, like, okay, Crystal, here you go. <laughs> no pressure like, oh, at all. <laughs> totally, totally. So it so definitely was very intimidating at first. And, yeah. you know, you can have so much self-doubt because it, like I said, like, it's just you. And so like, you have to make decisions. Like, you know, the director gives you like, okay, in this scene, this character is doing this and they have to kind of go from left to right. And, and you have like a, an idea of what's supposed to happen. But like, the approach and the timing and all that like is up to you. And so you have to make these decisions. Like, you know, sometimes I would start a sequence and there was a few frames. I was like, oh, like, I don't like those. And 
you have to look at the time and you're like, okay, do I go back and start right now? Do I kind of go for it? And, and you have to kind of learn this process of like mm. self-editing and trusting your gut and all of that so that you can like get through the scene. So learned a lot. Um, the style of the show is very like subtle movement um, and very clean. And so like, even that just like, you know, as animators, you're actually taught to like exaggerate and make like kind of quirkier, bigger kind of action. So I had to like learn to like bring that down. And so it was, it was this for sure. Like there were moments where I felt I nailed it. And then there are moments where I had to repeat a scene like three times. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it was yeah. complicated, but then we watched, we actually watched the first two episodes because um, we were still animating the last ones, but we were watching the first two episodes as a crew um, outside. We had this like huge screen because it was COVID, so we couldn't be inside doing that. Um, but we watched them all together and it was this incredible moment of like appreciating each other, appreciating mm -hmm. all the ups and downs, feeling so proud of what we have done, you know, and, and that was definitely my moment of like, wow, like I'm part of something pretty big here. Uh, and it felt yeah. really good. Yeah, I can see like how much time that goes into that. And you're with the same people every day like that bond turns into almost like a second family and you Absolutely. guys at the end of the that tunnel it's like we made this piece and that's that's something amazing and yeah and almost like an experience very few people have on like a production like I see like a lot of people do productions and maybe it's it's a week or two or whatever but with how yeah. intricate like your project is it's like you're almost like just living together all day and <laughs> I mean basically yeah. yeah I mean and you know there's good good things and bad things about that because you're seeing yeah. each other every day totally um absolutely but but I think it um it makes you appreciate it even that much more mm -hmm. absolutely and like all the things you overcame to make the show so it I think that that was definitely made it worth it in the end for sure yeah definitely and I can see like maybe say you don't you met a couple people there and you don't work with them again, but you see them later on down the street or whatever, you're always going to have that bond. It's like, yo, we made this thing. And yeah. you guys did like such a, a great job with it too. And I find um with like really good, like stop motion or just animation in general, uh, I'll watch like the first episode and I'd be like, oh, these puppets are really cool. And then as you're watching, your brain almost tricks you and like you forget they're, yeah. they're yeah. even like animations. And I got that with Ultra City and even uh, the other year when I watched uh, The Dark Crystal on Netflix mm. with, again. And then I had to almost like remind myself, I was like, oh yeah, these things aren't real. Like yeah. you just like lose your, your whatever. It's like you get so caught into the show itself. And like, totally. yeah, I found that with, uh, with Ultra City. That's awesome. I mean, definitely, hopefully the director uh, can hear that. I'll pass it along because, I mean, I, you nailed it. Like, I think that's when you know it's a successful show or movie, like when when you kind of forget, um, you know, that these are puppets because they're moving so realistically that you, there is this, so there's this one animator, um, Hazel Tarimi, uh, and she actually, she's, she's the one that I was saying that went to LA. She's so talented. Like, I mean, everyone was one of the most talented uh, animators. And there's a scene that she did. Oh, I forget which, which I think it's in the third episode. Um, it's when um, Chris Pecker is saying that, you know, he's talking about his artistic nudes and he goes into this dance sequence and it's like him with the podium and there's backup dancers with cameras and stuff. I don't know, I think that's in the third. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, 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 there was that part. 
but yeah, so for me that when I saw, cause she played it back for me, like when she finished in a meeting, it took her six weeks <laughs> to do that. Shit. It's yeah. like a, it's, I think it's like a 50 second or one minute roughly like song. Um, but there was like seven pop, like it was very intricate, but she just nailed that. And like, I remember looking at it with that, you know, there's still rigs in it and everything, but just looking at the movement and I'm like, oh my God, like I forgot. And the same thing happens. Like you still like kind of, I, even as an animator lose that, you forget that they're animators and you're like, fuck, like it's so good. Um, yeah. And so I feel like that show like nailed that because of the dancing, like it was tough animation, <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, we pulled it off. <laughs> so. Oh, definitely. And then some, and then some, so, so good. And um, even so after this experience, like you just seem like you've probably grown a lot uh, in that industry as well. Do you ever imagine yourself directing um, a series or a movie or something like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a few kind of short animated films uh, that I've created and that I directed. Um, I definitely think direction, you know, I kind of had that way back when I was thinking in studio, like I think directing is kind of the way to go. I, I definitely still feel that way uh, within animation. Um, absolutely. But I, I think after the show, I, I know like I have a kind of a while to go in terms of my animation skills, like the actual technical skills that as an animation director, like you kind of need to have or possess or, you know, because the thing is, is like, you know, your animator will finish a scene and there's a director of the show and then there's a animation director and the animation director is basically he comes in or she comes in, they come in um, and they, you know, did, did that sell? Like, what was the direction? You know, they're supposed to kind of flip a cane up in the air and then catch it. Like, does it look like that? They kind of help you like walk through any like technical issues or approaches and things like that. And so like, I feel that I would, need to have more experience like in that aspect before I felt like I could like lead a bunch of animators but totally I, I feel like that's like the right the right path for sure yeah and is um there anything that's uh like inspired you and it doesn't even have to be like animation but something uh that you're a, a fan of that you'd love to work on and maybe turn it into an animation or anything mm -hmm. like off yeah. the on the mind or anything Let's see, let's see. I mean, so like one thing that my, like it's funny because like simultaneously as I'm kind of doing the stop motion puppet show and stuff like that, um, I'm also trying to kind of build my own practice and, and keep mm -hmm. that going. And a few years ago, I started this like material exploration kind of project for myself where I was animating like, you know, everyday kind of objects that I came across, like whether it was like a leaf or a fence or, but I was focusing kind of on natural materials and kind of bringing their texture to life. And so that has really opened up kind of the approach that I take now to a bit of like my more personal work. Like I, I'm trying to work with mostly like natural elements. So I'm working, as you said, like earlier, like with sand, I've done some stuff with like salt um, and wood uh, and uh, like dirt and petals and stuff like that. So I think like further exploring like and pushing the boundaries within those materials, I think is like really where I would like to like keep keep going and and um, and yeah, and just like seeing like what other materials I'm not thinking about, like you know, getting maybe more intense like like lenses and really working with like macro and you know and and just keep further developing that. I think would be really cool. I'm I'm in the preliminary stages of working on a documentary. Um, about the Bikini Atolls like islands and the Marshall Islands. And it's like this historical doc about 
how this indigenous community was basically like kicked out um, and the states kind of came in and did a bunch of like nuclear like testing. And so they want to use kind of a natural material to tell the history of the indigenous peoples. Cool. And so they thought about sand and they saw some of my like, you know, other materials. And so we're working to see like what we can do with that. So I think like, you know, at the beginning I was kind of talking about like finding your voice and your niche and like your approach to art because even though there's not that many motion animators, like, you know, it's it's quite a small industry. Like there's still, there, there are still a lot. And so within that, now I'm trying to find more like what my voice is or like what my, what make, what sets me apart from everyone else. And I think it's this approach and, and, you know, kind of through this documentary, I'm seeing like this whole world of possibilities with like geographical, scientific approaches or biology. And like, like there's so much that could be very interesting with that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And you're, you're right about like, kind of like finding your thing. And even um, I saw you post a bunch of uh, what you were talking about, like on your Instagram feed too. And again, mm -hmm. that really caught my eye. And I was like, holy shit, like crystals <laughs> killing <laughs> these animations. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually like, uh, where, where can people uh, follow you on, on your Instagram? What yeah, yeah. So my, you can either go to my website, which is just crystalblemmy.com. Uh, or my Instagram uh, is crystal clear underscore. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where you can find my stuff. Yeah. 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 Definitely recommend that. It's beautiful work and everything. And um, it's, it's also interesting that like you mentioned of like just finding yourself in that path. Cause I find um, it's not even just in animation and film. Like I talk to like different people, like, for example, uh, I have had a lot of hip hop artists and rappers on the show. And uh, somebody said, like, when you start out, you're always just emulating somebody else, even if you don't know it. It's like, because that's your only reference. It's like and your it influence. Yeah. 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 And you're like, okay, this is rap. This is how I sound. But really, you're just like kind of mirroring somebody else. But then it even like takes years. I've talked to comedians, the same thing, where it just takes a while to find that and sometimes it's just one day you just wake up and it's like a switch goes off in a way do you feel like that's happened to you with all like the natural stuff and totally yeah, yeah. It, it actually is first started in my master's program when I did chair um which is kind of I think my my first like more like professional kind of caliber film um but we were just working with wood which is balsa wood uh, and one day, so every like Thursday or something, they like um, would have like garbage day. And so like on my walk to, <laughs> to school every Thursday, I would notice like all of these pieces of wood just, you know, from random construction sites or whatever. And I would like slowly bring them to my studio. And actually there's this part in chair where, you know, it kind of, you kind of you zoom in and you kind of go into the texture of the chair and it's all these different pieces of wood, grains of wood, colors of wood. And that I like tripped out. Like I had that in my mind so clearly, but then animating it and seeing it come to life, I was like, oh, like I have to come back to this. So it was definitely that moment where I was like, oh my God, like there's so much about natural materials that like you don't even have to do much for it, you know, just kind of put some good lighting on it and, and just it kind of takes the show on its own. And I love that. Like it's it's raw and, and I feel like that, you know, even like mentally and spiritually, like to create and that with that mentality, like has been really healing for me. So I think like, yeah, I, I definitely think like that whole kind of almost like meditative, you know, approach to frame by frame animation, like 
saved me in a lot of ways. <laughs> That's, it's also so cool that uh, when a person gets so deep in their, into their art <laughs> that it almost changes the way you look at the whole world. Like, like example, you're walking down the street and you see some wood and you're just, yep. And it's like, or, or like so many other people just like walk by that. That's just know, garbage. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> just green trash. <laughs> it's actually a, one thing that's like kind of annoying is like, uh, I filmed for like this battle rap league for like 10 years. And, um, uh, some of my, the people I know through that, we'd just be like in conversation and somebody will say a word that's like a double entendre. Yeah. And, uh, this this one reference is kind of like hacky they're like never use this but like just as an example it's uh defeat and your defeat like your feet you you just say some word and maybe it's like double and then they just like start like analyzing it it's like has nothing to do with like battle rap or anything but that's just where their mind is and totally yeah it's that's it's it's hilarious to hear that stop motion community has that as well as you're walking around yeah. and just finding things and everything. Oh my god 100 I just had a class today and there was this guest artist it was a friend of mine who worked on the show uh, as a set dresser so he was like there you know the animators are such a pain in the ass and we would come in and break everything and like need all this help and so that was like a big role and so he was showing the participants you know they're building their they're creating their own films and and he's showing them how to build sets and stuff like that um and uh and we were talking about how like, you know, you never know, like when you, it just has to work, like as long as it's off camera or we can't see it, like it doesn't matter what it is like holding up your little puppet or, you know, like, like it doesn't matter. And we were, I was laughing cause I was saying like, you know, like the top of my chapstick, like this cap is like the perfect size to be a platform for like a small, you know, little creature or something. And we were <laughs> yeah. laughing, but I was like, but that's the stop motion. Like, starts to make you like think about because like you're not really working on very large scales like some, some projects depending maybe but for the most part like it's tiny little weird shapes that you like need and so you start to <laughs> you start to really look at like you know all those things and uh and it's it's really fascinating how we all have this way of kind of looking at the world for sure <laughs> yeah that's amazing and um at times when you get so deep into it and like maybe even burnt out uh what are some routines where that you do to reset yourself or do you do you find like something else to do where it's like not even close to animation and just <laughs> like reset and everything and yeah for sure um I'm really lucky that I have this balance in my career where I'm teaching and also kind of working on productions and so it's nice to go back and forth because sometimes when you're teaching um you feel like you're giving you a lot of yourselves to other people's creative practices and so not that you grow resentful, but you kind of like, there are moments where I feel like, man, I'm jealous. Like, I wish I had the time to like make my own work. And so then it's good at those times to maybe like stop that and, and take on a commercial or like do something kind of in that way. So I can, you know, get that out of my system. But definitely after the show, I was like, I don't want to work on a production for a bit. Like I need some time. And so like, like any creative practice, like definitely taking, like, I think it took about, it took about three weeks off in the sense that I didn't do any and I didn't move anything frame by frame I didn't you know look at anything I didn't think about it I just really took a break from it um and then I kind of had to I had some commissions so I had to kind of get back into it but mm -hmm. um but then also like one thing that I was really fortunate was that like you know I had also just been working on the show where I was saying earlier like you're creating someone else's vision 
And so like, I, I think I needed to reconnect with like my own ideas and, oh, and, yeah. and, and so like in the, in the commissions, I had the opportunity of being like, Hey, I've had this idea now for like almost a year. I want to do it. Or I've learned this new skill that now I can apply. And so then I could kind of jump back into it with a new fresh pair of eyes and, and do things that were true to me. And I think like that is the best way to, to kind of reconnect and, and rest is that like, you're not feeling depleted because you're giving your energy to someone else's vision. Like you're kind of taking time to give your vision some time. So that really, really helps uh, for me in that as well, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. And that's kind of a theme today, actually. The episode <laughs> I recorded before you came on here, uh, it's, uh, it's a girl, she's launching a magazine and uh, her inspiration was she was always working media for other people. And it was just like, I need to do something for me too. And um, even like you could be working on like these higher level things, but there's something just so beautiful and freeing when it's like your own project and it's your own vision and everything's just like, just you. You're like, you're the, again, master of your own universe to <laughs> put it all together. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And it almost uh, reminds you of like the reason, like why you fell in love with the project in the first place because on productions and stuff it's like it turns into a job and like yeah. you mentioned there's time limits and everything and when it's For your sure. own thing it's like okay I can breathe and just do this at my <laughs> yeah. own pace maybe I'll take a nap and come back to it <laughs> totally totally and I think also like um I think it's important through like when I am in one of these big production stints where I'm working on something for like six months or something like that I think it's important to also take like physical breaks and rest mm. throughout the day and then like on the weekends like you know I'm basically standing in an awkward kind of curled up position for most of my day like some of the sets you know the access was like like I was on like four apple boxes and like 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 <laughs> so your your body definitely goes through it um and so like you know taking breaks throughout the day even five minutes going outside getting some fresh air rebooting physically and then on the weekends like you know I would sleep and rest and like you know and and you need to do that and especially from learning from like my injury at such a young mm -hmm. age like taking care of your body is so important, both mentally and physically. So I think all, as an artist, like we have to take on a lot, like, you know, like making your career, your passion is so challenging. It's very rewarding, but it's very challenging. And it, it, I think like you, you take things automatically, like more personally, like your heart is more connected to it. And so like, taking space, taking a break, you know, is, is really very important. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very important to be like self-aware. Like you obviously yeah. are like, you know, take a break or whatever, but I've even had some video editing gigs where it's almost like you get lost in the muse and like you lose track of time. And I'd sure. be like all hunched out over <laughs> like edge of the chair. And then I just snap out of it. It's like, have I been like this for like three hours? Yeah. Like, go outside, breathe, like stretch, and like you just even like lose time. Like if it, totally. it feel like yeah. twenty minutes and you've been there like all day, like it's so like, crazy what? when you can get yeah. lost in something like that. But it's like guess, beautiful, but it's also yeah. Yeah, you have to try and be aware. <laughs> yeah, there's pros and cons to both, and like everything in life. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, anybody listening to this, go watch Ultra City and. Uh, <laughs> follow crystal like it's i'm i'm excited to see where your career goes it seems like you got like a little bit of a fire in you to to keep it going and everything and you're very good at what you do and 
Thank you. Yeah, just just kudos and congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Um, yeah. As we were saying at the beginning, like we haven't connected in years. So this has been really great to, to chat with you. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I did. I love talking to Crystal. Uh, like we mentioned, we go way back. And it's so cool to hear her journey and catch up and just get some good vibes. And I hope those awesome vibes bled through the recording. Like we mentioned, you can watch Ultra City Smiths on the AMC app or amc.com. And I mentioned in the intro, if you got a Prime account, you can get a bunch of days for free. So do it. It is worth your time. And it is such a fun little series. And we can't wait to see what's around the corner for Crystal. And before we go, I got to give the biggest thanks to all you legends who signed up to the Patreon. First up, our co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design. Ola Mizuka of Sonic Fold. Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio. Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. Pat Maloney. Ryan Campbell. Daniel Sun. Devin Staple, Mike Ulio, Jenny Potter, Jared Pepper Bronstein, aka Mr. Spicy, oh my god he's so hot, and Francis Copper, aka my mom. Can't thank you guys enough, every penny goes back into the show, and it helps even more than you can imagine. If you'd like a shout out at the end of the show, get these episodes early and support us. The smallest tier is just three bucks a month, and you can help us out at patreon.com slash the creative imbalance like i said you get all these episodes way early and some bonus content on the way you help me and you can probably hit me up and i'll help you too let me know what you need want me to take you for a coffee you need help moving you want me to kill a man i'm there if you sign up to the patreon (laughs) but once again thank you so much for hanging and we'll catch you next time